0: back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Steven.
1: And Kyle.
0: And it's another fun-filled Monday, Hollow Cult. Hope everybody's doing well. Getting ready to kick start this week. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, today. Fuck a job. Fuck a job. That's what I'm saying. Let's
1: all just collectively quit.
0: Yeah, what are they going to do?
1: Virus. Psych. Got you first. It's
0: nerds. Today I have dove into an interesting UFO case that kind of spirals out of control in all different directions. <laughs> awesome. And it will eventually lead into another episode for next week that also ties into it. So yeah, it's it's cool. Sick. But before we do that, we got to get through all the business. So check us out at all socials. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, Twitter, Reddit, search up the Hollow Sky podcast, often imitated, never duplicated. That's right, Keep baby. Mind. That's right. So come and hang out with us. Be be part of the Hollow Cult. You know the deal. Uh, if you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share, Kyle's got the deets.
1: Yep. You can record yourself with, say, your voice memo app on your phone your camera, whatever, write it out, send it over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at e- or gmail.com. I was about to say email.com. <laughs> We're
0: going way back.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can try to schedule an interview, Interviews at gmail.com. You can text or call the holophone, leave messages on there. I do respond when I get a chance, uh, but I typically leave that phone at home. And then that phone... Directly ties into night shift, so if you call during night shift, that will be the phone number that you use. But all this information is in our show notes. Check it there. Yeah, you can you can figure it out from there.
0: Yeah. Speaking of night shift, that's every Wednesday, eight p.m. Right. Central Standard Time, live on YouTube and Facebook. Come over and be part of that.
1: Uh, that's another thing, means that you have talked about. Uh, because Steve brought up how on the last episode, Steve brought up how we, that's kind of growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. Um, it's one of them things where we've talked about if it keeps getting bigger and bigger, we may extend the hours on it. Just kind of kind of kind of depends. You know, if, if we show constant growth and there's just more and more and more, we may extend the viewing hours on that. So, That's going to be up to everybody who participates.
0: Yeah. Bring more people into the chat. Yeah. And it calls. It grows. We grow. So That's right. It is awesome. The more people we have in there, the more encounters we'll have called in. The more weirdness you guys get to participate in.
1: Yeah. And if you haven't listened to it or participated, usually like me and Steve kind of chop it up for anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes. And then we open the lines for like the last hour and just let it go. Oh yeah
0: if uh, supporting the show is something you're interested in, we have ways you can do that. check us out at our patreon. You can go over there and look and see what we got going on over there if that interests you. We have a Venmo where you can throw some pocket change into our monster fund. We appreciate uh, every penny of that as well. Uh, the best way you can do it is to share the show, share it on social media, share it word of mouth, just keep the show on everybody's minds. Uh, It helps out greatly. Can't understate that. If you would like, another way you can support us is leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher app, and I will do my best to find those and share them. That being said, today's five-star rating and review comes to us from our friend in Canada, uh... Rob. we're just gonna call him Rob Rob gives us a five star says great podcast I started listening to the hollow sky or listening to hollow sky a few months back quickly became my favorite to listen to a while at work these two dudes are funny informative and worth a try for everyone three metal emojis Rob from Canada
1: alright we're on <clears> with <throat> the metal stuff
0: Rob I'm throwing up the metal sign right back to Canada for you my. Friend. likewise I appreciate that you took the time to leave this five star rating and review cuz I'm sure it's probably really cold up there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the cold sucks. That's a fact. A it makes me sick and B it sucks.
0: Does it make your voice sound
1: just That's the radio DJ in me coming out. That is true.
0: <laughs> that is true.
1: I am I am officially done with the cold though. The cold can Suck balls.
0: <laughs> it really can.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am, I just don't know if I can make it much longer.
0: It's too, it's just not. It gets hard. harder and
1: harder every year.
0: Yeah, I can confirm.
1: Especially, especially knowing that like trades like you, this is, I think this is what drove the nail in the coffin and this is way off of where we're supposed to be. <laughs> That's
0: fine. This is our show. We do whatever the fuck we want. But what drove
1: it into the the coffin is that I found out you get warm-up breaks. And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Seriously? I do I thought, I don't I thought everybody just suffered like me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I take warm-up breaks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: we can't even keep our truck running. We get yelled at. Oh, I'd let And I'm yell. like, "Awesome. I'd let him yell." So we have to improvise that's what we do we improvise if you see uh side by side going down the road that looks like a giant dumpster it's probably me
0: <laughs> i hope I see we take
1: we take tarps all <laughs> the way around it and it's it's pretty classy just, i can't believe we don't get yelled at for that
0: just just start taking a burning barrel around
1: Oh, dude that's a good idea we used to take a little grill around and grill
0: <laughs> hobo heater Hell yeah we we'll do what we can it'll be fine yeah It'll be fine. All right. Um, where are we? I have no idea. Listener experience of the day. Here we oh, go. Yeah. Here we go. Rolling back in. So, um, our listener experience of the day ties into a show we had just a few weeks ago uh, with uh, Jay's story. Uh, there's some comments our friend Mary would like to put out. So this is from uh, our friend Mary JStory. story. Further tie-ins. Hi guys, just listened to the Spec Ops episode on JStory. story. Some further connections occurred that you didn't mention, so I thought I'd point them out. Number one, Skinwalker Ranch connection. Think of the weird hybrid phenomena that go on, or. Er, Think of the weird hybrid phenomenon there that seemed to be a cross between supernatural and military psyops, like the Predator Camo guy, the sound frequency phenomena, etc. Maybe the ranch is a lab playground for whatever group is behind this. That's a valid point. That's a solid take.
1: I can appreciate that thought process.
0: I I dig that. Okay. Number two, remember Way too critically think. Yes. This is what we like. Send, our, send the theories this way, Cult. Number two, remember Nick Redfern's book, Final Events. He said he was approached by a representative of a group calling themselves Collins Elite. Nick's contact said this group had formed from Christian members of a shadow military group that had been in contact with non-human entities that they said were extraterrestrial, but which in the opinion of Collins elites were demons. This black ops group had been getting technological advancements and abilities that were more occult than science and in return for some benefits provided to the non-human entities.
1: All right. I am excited at this point. Why the fuck are they not contacting us?
0: I hadn't ever even heard of this, first off. Me either. I need to read this book. Uh, Likewise. And uh, so I don't remember it, but I will look into it. Collins Elite just sounds...
1: Kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to keep rolling with this. Yeah. Uh, What if Jay had been an insider in this Black Ops group who wanted out? He would have a very unwelcome insight into what the government was dealing with in the name of national security. Redfern, I learned via personal communication, does not believe in demons. To him, the message of this book was that crazy Christians might impinge on people's liberties in the name of fighting demons. But what if Collins' elite were not nutcases blinded by their religious belief, as Redfern supposed, but were accurately describing a real and secret project? Great show and be careful." And looking through my Christian colored glasses, some of the phenomena you guys have been describing or that you've been noticing in your lives sound what exorcists call diabolic oppression, i.e. being harassed by demons. Yeah. Aloha, Mary. That was a heater, Mary. Yeah. Um,
1: I uh, thoroughly enjoy that.
0: Yeah. So it looks like we will probably have a future show on Colin's Elite. Yeah. That we'll have to dig into. And maybe Um, it'll catch their attention. Some fuck, they can get it too. Let's go. They can, they can get catch some smoke.
1: I have thought about that last statement though about the, the oppression. Yeah. Because oppression, I bet it's also one of them things too. It's such a broad word, oppression. Yeah. Right, and a lot can be played off to that, you know. Because Jay suggested similar things, you know, with the car <laughs> troubles and stuff that this group that fucks with him could be doing it to us not that it is 100% happening it's just a suggestion that you know a link um I don't know at this point though to be honest with you and I do feel like that when we ask for help from you guys I do believe that a lot of you send us help and I feel like that that does put up barriers for us where we're you know the hollow coat comes together and is like, Hey, guess what demon get fucked. <laughs> we got hollow shields up in here. Bouncing your, your bullshit off of it. And, and I know it sounds dumb, but I kind of feel like that's how she, how she plays out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it does definitely fall into, fall into a possible oppression. Yeah. But then it makes you wonder where that would have came from. Right. Did we, did we poke, Do we poke some bear in our research? Do we poke some bear in our show? You know, like, who knows? Like I said before, me and Kyle aren't very smart when it comes to uh, planning what we do. We just kind of just go with it. And then we deal with the consequences afterwards. Right, yeah. So maybe Uh, that's this.
1: Yeah. And like Steve said... They can get it too.
0: Come get it's hollow sky versus everybody. Let's that go. includes interdimensional entities, yeah. That includes cryptids, that includes demons, that includes uh, ultra terrestrials, that includes everything nerds, 200,
1: 250 foot tall sloths,
0: yeah, 250 foot tall mammalian sloths that live underground, yeah. That includes nerds. And Get this smoke. And lames.
1: Get this smoke.
0: (laughs) So now that we've got that out of the way, I'm going to jump into this We are a bunch of children. We are, but some things have to be said. Yeah. So, let's... We're at 12 and a half minutes for anybody who's crying about the fact that we haven't started the episode yet.
1: Cry Chop City.
0: Kyle's been practicing (sighs) karate. Let's go. So... We are gonna dive into this UFO incident that I found. I feel like it's
1: been a minute since we've done some, some good UFO.
0: This one work. is something else. Good. <clears throat> uh, I was listening to this YouTube page. I think it was Pandox is the name of it. Go check it out for sure. Uh, and he did an episode on the next episode. I'm gonna do. Because once he started mentioning this, I'm like, I got to dive into this part so I can bring it back around into this part, which I don't feel like anybody has really done that much. So we're going to do that. So I stumbled onto this, like I said, accidentally researching a totally different topic. Uh, It doesn't necessarily... I mean, it does. It ties into that specific topic, but it's also kind of like could be a catalyst for even more bizarre occurrences that happened not only after this supposed UFO crash, but also before it it's, it is just a conglomeration of fucking weirdness. So we're going to talk about what happened at South Haven park uh, in Long Island first, before we let the rabbit hole just take us wherever it takes us. The incident would not only spiral into the realm of high strangeness, but it would also devolve into charges of attempted murder of government officials, conspiracies of international agencies, and arrests of members of this group. So we're going to start off with the the events of the evening of November 24th, 1992. Most of these events were recorded and archived by John Ford, the chairman of the Long Island UFO Network. This will be important later. Several motorists who were traveling along the Sunrise Highway near South Haven that evening came forward and reported seeing an odd cylindrical craft pass by overhead and ultimately crash into the park. The witnesses reported that a fire was visible in the park immediately afterwards, or immediately after they had watched the craft go down. Worried that it might have been some sort of passenger aircraft, they reported the incident. Many local residents that have homes that border the park reported that they heard low, low rumbling noises and experienced strange flashes of light at the same time the craft reportedly had crashed almost immediately strange military like blockades were set up all around the park by witnesses that uh, described uh, men in all black uniforms bearing no identification or insignia and all travel into and around the park was closed off citing a fire in the park as a reason that no one could get in or out of the park. It would remain closed for over a week after the incident with no one allowed in to the park whatsoever. Residents also reported odd power outages and power surges beginning almost immediately and over the next few days. A few residents also reported odd telephone calls at all times of the day that included dead air with no one on the other lines. Uh, Their televisions would turn on with just static and they also talked of numerous uh, black helicopters that were would make their way in and out of the park while it was shut down. Official park records show that the South Haven Park was closed between November 25th and 28th. According to officials, it was closed to the general public that week because it was reserved for duck hunting.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Makes perfect sense. <clears throat> so, There's some serious duck hunters in here. Yeah.
0: Shooting down UFOs are so good.
1: Yeah, and black helicopters and all that good stuff.
0: (laughs) So I found an actual press release from 1998 that talked that the Long Island UFO Network released that included eyewitness testimony here. So this is the exact release. A man was driving east on Sunrise Highway heading toward William Floyd Parkway there was a patch of trees separating sunrise from Montauk highway to the South of sunrise. He saw a large craft that he describes as tubular in shape with two large, bright blue lights on each end with a bright white light in its center, whose structure was composed of a dull metallic gray texture. He saw the object make a very tight right angle, cross the highway and crash into the woods of South Haven park. When it hit the object emitted a dazzling white light beam that was said to turn night into day for a brief moment. The same man turned and came back on the other side of Sunrise to backtrack to find the source of the crash to search for survivors. He saw black helicopters near the exit to William Floyd Parkway. Neither the helicopters of the personnel that came to block off the westbound exit to William Floyd bore any markings or insignia, and the men were dressed in plain black. He finally went west on Victory, which was closed off later, and reached the second turn on Girard Avenue. This street and its neighbors would soon report all manner of electrical glitches, phones ringing with no one there, and televisions showing static. At this time, through our witness, he could see a huge fire in the backwoods of the park. At the same time, someone driving east on sunrise saw an oval-shaped object fly over the town dump hill. Quote, on a descending course 30 degrees to the horizon, which was leaving a green ionized trail as it passed. Could this have been part of the crash trajectory? The oval craft, or one like it, may have been scouting out the local area because there was an incident uh, that had been reported over the Islip town, which were seen on uh, the Channel 12 News in March of '92, that could have sparked whatever these craft were, to come and look. It was reported that some of the area's local fire department and police assistants were initially called in, but they were turned away by the men at the blockades and the subsequent fire was handled by the fire department at the federally controlled Brookhaven National Laboratory that's close by. This is somewhat corroborated by multiple people coming forward on social media when the crash was brought up. So here are a few examples. As I was doing my research, I found some Facebook posts uh, that talked about the incident, and I pulled some of their uh, statements here. One person says, quote, this is a fact that something crashed here. My mother worked for the SCPD in Yapank, and on the night... In question, my mother was called into work. She was escorted to her post, where she stayed for over three days. She refused to go into any details about what had happened or what she had seen. She passed away two years ago, taking her secrets with her. Another person states, I remember it well. We were living in Shirky. My husband was watching TV in the living room. He came running into the bedroom and said that he just saw something shining bright outside. He wanted me to go outside with him, but I said no way. No more than 20 minutes later, the answering machine was going off by itself, just beeping over and over and over again. I kid you not, the lights would also dim and shut down as well. Another stated, My dad was on the local fire department. They responded to the initial call, but they would not let them into the park. Strange.
1: It is weird, and I mean, obviously, that would suggest that whatever went down released some type of energy that is making everything go on the fritz. It wouldn't say an EMP, because things still worked, but it had enough energy to be pushed out that it started malfunctioning things. Yeah, It's pretty interesting there. You know, and I do find it funny. Uh, I've been listening to a podcast here lately, and I'm just burning it down, to 200-something episodes. But it is the SCP Foundation.
0: I, I listen to a YouTube channel on SCPs, too. And
1: uh, it's funny. It caught my attention when you said the SCPD. Oh, yeah, I didn't even... And did I'm like, whoa, way. here we go. <laughs> Let's go. I didn't even
0: make that connection. Yeah. But it is. it is strange that there's corroborations of people even even on social media that said yes something did crash and explode there and
1: that was the cigar shaped one
0: the yes the other one was another account in long island where as we go you'll see that there's multiple okay ufo uh sightings
1: did it happen on the same day or different days no
0: that one sounded like it was before uh, the the Oval Craft was before okay, and then almost like that this this one could have been coming in to see see what what the issue was here right. So in an interesting turn, not long after, multiple fire chiefs and police chief would almost simultaneously go on the record stating that there were no fire calls for the park that evening, and none of their squads were in the reports as being dispatched that night.
1: Okay, so that's definitely sus.
0: Yeah, so you have people that it worked for the fire department they're like yeah we got called out and turned around and then you got their captains and chiefs saying nah they didn't there's no record they're
1: lying so obviously their their arms are being twisted there
0: yeah so the leader of the long island ufo network john ford were finally able to get into the park a week after the reported incident They got in there and decided to investigate. And what they find is interesting. He states, and I quote, we found an area that was burned out and some trees were even bent over and broken at 90 degree angles. Ford recalled a section looked like it had been plowed over by machinery. Almost like they had almost plowed the the shit back into the ground. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Two things were of particular interest to Ford. We were getting a higher than normal radiation reading in the area, higher than regular background radiation, and in the fence line of that area, said Ford, had no magnetic reading. He would go on to explain that metal fences hold a small magnetic charge from the earth, but that particular fence in the area had been stripped completely of any magnetic charges. So I tried to look up to see if it was legit that the fences do hold, and I did find some some area of truth to that. So the ferromagnetic elements can retain the magnetic orientation when they are transitioned from molten to solid form. However, the field is quite weak and sometimes it disappears as the metal is reworked. So in theory, they could hold small magnetic charges. Right,
1: yeah. Which and, I think, for the most part, a lot of metal can. Yeah. You know, if you run a magnet over top of, like, screwdrivers, you know, guy, I remember you buy a cheap screwdriver and you run a magnet over it a little bit and then it kind of halfway works as a magnetic yeah.
0: screwdriver the only thing that throws me off here a little bit is that if it can disappear when the metals are reworked it doesn't necessarily mean that that fence was lost charge because of the UFO crash, right you know?
1: um, but the higher levels of radiation <laughs> is... falls that, I mean A that's weird but it also falls into normal UFO activity yeah you hear that yeah. a lot
0: yeah so then in 1993 Ford finally found what he was looking for a reported actual video of the crash. Oh. Because a game changer. Of, because of the poor quality of the tape, Ford had been working with video specialists to try and enhance the quality of the picture to produce stills. The video, a copy of which was given to the South Shore press, shows people examining a bright reddish metallic type object about four feet or about four square feet that appeared to be emitting a white cloudy gas, and a hissing sound can be heard a sight and sound that resembles dry ice that has been exposed to warmer temperatures. The next...
1: Uh, real quick, though. Kind of funny. quink a uh, It emitting the white gas. It's exactly what happened in one of the TikTok videos. Oh, TikTok yeah. videos. Yeah. Uh, and then furthermore, you mentioned the blurry video. Well, it only makes sense to me that the, the video would be blurry because whatever the fuck that was, was putting out so much energy. It was distorted, distorting people's TVs and phones and all that stuff. That's so 1993, Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, yeah. On top of 1992, that, nineteen ninety two essentially. <laughs> right. On top of all of that. But the, like that could explain some of these phenomenon of not oh, being yeah. able to, you know, capture quality yep. video of it because it has some type of energy field that messes with our electronics. Yep. Or, or magnetism. Magnetism will do it, too.
0: Yeah. Or the radiation, even. Radiation. Right. Yeah, exactly. You hear that, like, maybe, like, why can't there be a good shot of Bigfoot? Well, possibly they're releasing something that fucks with your camera. Right. Exactly. So, uh, back to this video. The next shot shows what appears to be a person trying to lift up a body near a tree. But the poor quality of the film makes positive identification almost impossible. Uh, in the last scene, three Uniformed men wearing dark jackets and rounded caps, similar to federal SWAT team attire, are seen placing a large, shiny spread, almost like mylar, it's really thin, over something on the ground. Ford makes no apologies to the poor quality of the video, and he is quoted, it's saying, these things are happening fast, and the guy who took the shots doesn't want to be too obvious. He confesses that it's hard to get people to come forward because and admit what they've seen, as one of the major problems in researching UFOs is that people are afraid of sounding like lunatics when they're describing these strange, unexplained events. Uh, And a little bit more research that I dug into, um, it is reported that the person who took the video was was one of the Brookhaven firefighters on the scene. One of the ones that they let in. I
1: wonder how you would... uh... Covertly take a video back then. I don't know. You know what I mean, like
0: because you would think it would be a big ass yeah. video camera from like when we were little, right? Uh, unless they were told to record it and then they leaked it,
1: possibly. You
0: know what I mean? Because if it's federally funded, they probably want all they want. No, I mean, it makes
1: sense. For sure, <laughs> it's still weird, but whatever.
0: Ford even went on to show the video at a MAR convention, multiple alternate realities convention in Ohio in May of 1994. It was met with skepticism from the UFO community for its quality, but Ford stood by its authenticity.
1: Surprise, surprise.
0: So from here, this takes us back to Brookhaven labs. Brookhaven labs is the home of the RHIC, the relativistic heavy ion collider. This itself sounds pretty ominous but it also ties Brookhaven to many UFO flaps around Long Island. Specifically, the South Haven Park crash was said that the firefighters from the facility not only brought back wreckage of the craft to the lab, but also alien bodies recovered from the site to analyze tissue of the entities. They also claim that the lab's alternating gradient synchrotron... Synchrotron? This is a real thing.
1: Doesn't sound like it. Alternating
0: gradient synchrotron which is a device that injects particles into the RHIC, the Ion Collider. They said it was essentially used to snipe the aircraft out of the air. Hey, Holocult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovus Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids.
1: And let me tell you, their styles are on point.
0: I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots,
1: and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's, re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their, the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be?
0: Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Cool. <laughs> cool pretty solid right
1: (laughs) I mean why not right why the fuck not it's a bunch of big words that we don't understand
0: I'm like this doesn't even sound like a real thing
1: so it's now a (laughs) UFO sniper rifle
0: yes but what better way to hide it it. what better way to hide it than say hey this is what we use right to put no big deal we just use this as a particle injector and we're gonna inject these particles into this UFO and it's gonna explode So I I found this uh, from uh, Phantoms and Monsters, which uh, Lon Strickler writes, it's noted here that the official description of Brookhaven National Laboratory is a multidisciplinary fundamental research laboratory. Research in life sciences is conducted in the departments of applied science, biology, chemistry, and medicine, whose strong programs characterized by many interdisciplinary Disciplinary collaborations and long-range basic biological environmental problems assist the U.S. Department of Energy with its decision-making. Second note, in July of 2000, the following was reported by an anonymous source. Brookhaven National Laboratory, located in the vicinity of the Montauk Air Force Station, is known as a place of mysterious events connected to Project Phoenix and the preparation of the Philadelphia Experiment. Founded in World War II, it was the place of the first scientific accelerator and a radar laboratory. Nowadays, the BNL is known for weather radar work, and in conjunction or in conjunction with the Phoenix Project, as a place of secret weapon development, which allegedly caused the crash of both the TWA Flight Eight Hundred crash, as well as the crash that killed JFK Jr. Another unnamed source familiar with the activity at the BNL. Stated the Brookhaven National Laboratory had something to do with the crash of JFK Jr.'s airplane. The night JFK Jr. died, Brookhaven was conducting an experiment that scientists from around the world had begged them not to conduct. Other physicists were afraid that the experiment could cause perturbra- per- perturbations in the universe that might even destroy the entire universe. Cool. Where have we heard that before?
1: Sounds safe.
0: Firing up the Large Hadron.
1: Yeah, CERN. It's also ironic, too, I, I remember back to, I believe, my episodes on Dulce. I remember me bringing up a story about one of the dudes that I believe he talked to one of the alien entities and they gave him the plans or the or the device to bring down any aircraft. Yes. I wonder time correlation That's here. Weird.
0: So this because I, I remember I him like going
1: was, around fucking slanging threats about taking down yeah uh, um, shit, airplanes I, and I stuff I like that. that yeah.
0: Dude, it's hard to tell. Like it sounds so far fetched reading it out loud. Oh yeah. But then you think about the shit that they've already came forward and admitted. So you're like, well, it's not that far fetched. No. I looked up what Project Phoenix was, or the Phoenix Project, and it's it's kind of like uh, SETI, where they're looking for extraterrestrial uh, communications and shit. Uh, I I don't even know if the cause of the TWA Flight 800 has has come out. I'm sure it probably has, but (laughs) it's weird. Um, anyway, yeah, destroy the entire universe. So that ties. That's fun. This particle accelerator, ion accelerator, to the large hadron. What well, year is all this? This was uh, essentially, relating to our UFO, shooting down the UFO was 1992. Oh yeah, that's right, 92. Um, in an odd foreshadowing here, an odd twist, Ford has stated that saying the one thing that he fears more than extraterrestrials is the government quote, you get involved with things that the government doesn't want people to know and they can make life pretty tough for you. And I stated that this was an odd foreshadowing of what was to come.
1: I mean, he's not wrong, you know, to a degree.
0: This next part, I just kind of pulled the whole thing because I didn't know where to cut it up at. It... It has some actual transcripts from uh, police interviews and stuff. And it's just, it's something else. So in 1995, Ford began to investigate another alleged craft, which he believed was also shot down by Brookhaven. He also, UFO st- sniper. Yes, he also states that uh, this big forest fire that happened on eastern Long Island was started to cover up the UFO that was shot down because apparently in 1995 there were some big forest fires in east Long Island, and he said that that was why.
1: I mean, it's not a bad idea. No. Keeps everybody out of the area. Yep. Uh, It gives them more than enough reason to quarantine areas off.
0: They use the same reason for the park. Another interesting thing about the park, it's reported that people that lived there recently as of 2019 said that where the UFO supposedly crashed, the grass still does not grow there.
1: That's also another typical thing in UFO stuff.
0: Yeah, but coming back to the second... Uh, UFO In the Long Island UFO Network Bulletin, Ford wrote the government's particle beam weaponry may have shot down a UFO. And this pl- plot inv- involves newspaper sources, county, state, and federal officials. Believing his life to be in danger, Ford started carrying a weapon at all times. And this, this is a big thing that they pushed was that Ford started becoming paranoid. He was this like gun nut where he collected, he had like 35 different firearms and all this shit just kind of stacking up to paint this narrative of this yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, it sounds like something. Yeah, it sounds like a narrative being painted yes. for sure.
0: Keep that in mind. So they made a statement, Ford started carrying a gun at all times. It was around this time that he met uh, this guy named Joseph Mazzucchelli, referred to in a local newspaper as a wiry, tattooed hot rodder. Um, he was also a convicted burglar. So Ford kind of took this guy in and um, people kind of thought that Mazakelli was just taking advantage of Ford. Ford would give him money, give him a cell phone, give him a credit card. He uh, believed that Mazzacelli's kind of had ties to the mafia. So Mazzacelli said that his his uncle was a big mafia guy, and he kept telling Ford that uh, the mafia would finance the Long Island UFO network. So that's weird. Yeah, Ford was like, "Oh, this dude's got some cash. We're gonna roll with it."
1: Why would the mob be interested in that?
0: This, to me, this guy and this next guy seemed like they were sent there on purpose. Okay.
1: That would make more sense than the mob being interested in UFOs.
0: Yes. So Ford again was like helping this dude out. He would give this guy guns who would then try to sell the guns for profit and would not make it or could not make the sales. Anyway, after Mazakelli entered this guy named Kevin Koch, he was the one interested in buying Mazakelli's guns. He was also under investigation for minor minor crimin, criminal activities. So...
1: Okay, so there's entrapment written all over that.
0: What does he do? He becomes a snitch. Yeah. For the police. Yeah. He that comes is, that's forward... Fucking
1: bl- that's bl- obvious... It's just straight up
0: obvious. He comes forward to tell the police about a man named John Ford, who he heard was hatching a strange scheme involving radium. According to Koch, Ford claimed that he had hidden outside Republican leader John Powell's home with a rifle two weeks earlier. The night of June 12th, 1996, authorities wired Koch and followed him to Ford's house, setting a trap. At 11 p.m., Ford was hanging out with his friends, Joe, Kevin, and their three dogs. The men talked about guy stuff, women, politics, and then the conversation started to escalate. I got some very dangerous stuff in the back of the truck, said Ford, according to his transcript, transcript of the police recording. How bad is it, asked Koch. Well, it's in a three-inch lead container, and it's leaking five roentgens per hour. Uh, They then kind of keep their small talk going. Talk turns into burning down the offices at the Suffolk County Conservative Party, throwing elections into disarray. Ford mentions Tony Gazzola, an old political adversary. This isotope, he'll start glowing in 24 hours, and they all laugh. Put it in a bag, take the bag, and put it underneath his car seat, says Ford. He also boasts, I'll kill that blank President Clinton... Up the blank. I swear I'll do it. Uh, he then asked, does Gazola eat I- Italian food? Take the, yellow, take the yellow powder and mix it in with chopped garlic. Mix that radium with chopped garlic. Were the three actually planning a crime or just joking around? The interpretation of the tape depends on who's listening. So as you can see, this is pretty incriminating stuff.
1: Yeah, it does kind of feel tongue-in-cheeky. Yeah. Like where he's just he's just spouting off.
0: That's kind of what a you lot of people... You know what I mean? Because so, those
1: are like... Those are he's, pretty he's asinine statements.
0: Like, he's already kind of been targeted by the local government. In right, ways being right. like this UFO nut. Now they're painting him to be a gun nut. Now yeah. they're painting him to be even more of an extremist. So many people uh, have criticized the recording for its poor audibility, but according to the prosecution's official transcript... This was a conspiracy to undermine the local Republican Party, in part by poisoning various officials. Ford specifically mentions John Powell, the chairman of the Suffolk County Republican Committee, Fred Towell, a Suffolk legislature, and Gazzola, the head of the conservative party in Brookhaven, and a one-time treasurer of Ford's conservative party club. So he, had, he, he did mingle about these people. Police cars f- then filled the normally tranquil Sundial Lane. Ford and Mazzucchelli were arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit murder, criminal solicitation, illegal possession of radioactive radioactive materials, and reckless endangerment. Later that day, the police and the radiation team were sent to the home of Ford's friend Edward Zabo in nearby Medford, where they found more radioactive materials, several guns, blasting caps, detonators, fuses, and bombs. Damn. Zabo was arrested on weapons charges, uh, explosives, and radioactive material charges. Zabo, 51, had known Ford since college. A defense department employee who worked as an electronics quality control specialist at Northrop Grumman. Zabo told the radiation team that his radioactive and explosive materials came not from the Grumman plant, but from a friend. And Zabo had given them to Ford for disposal. Uh, then it goes on to note the specific... Uh, Uh, source here talks about... Ford
1: was supposed to dispose... Dispose of the radium. What the fuck? Is there like a giant piece of backstory that I'm missing here? I
0: don't know.
1: (laughs) Like, what? Because that was one of my questions. I was going to ask, well, how did he get a hold of radioactive material? I don't feel like that's just something you fall into.
0: It sounds fucking... It it reminds
1: me of these these I mean I might catch some heat for this the these terrorist thoughts that happen and yet it'll more or less be like the FBI will be like hey Steve you want to blow up this don't you you want to oh, blow it up just sending it in. here's 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 a pipe bomb go blow this up and then you 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 receive the pipe bomb they're like well we're gonna charge you with uh being in uh possession of explosives and this that, yeah. and the other and you're like well you're the one that gave it to me
0: and I mean, this this Zabo dude worked at the Defense Department. Right. And he just happened to be the one to give Weird. it to Ford. Weird. And then he's like, well, I yeah, I do work at Northrop Gr- Grumman. That's But besi- I didn't get it the from there.
1: Okay, that's besides the point.
0: I, I, I got it
1: okay. from a friend. Come on, people. Do better. Right.
0: I have a friend that deals in radioactive arms. He just had some radium, gave it to me. Yeah. And now Ford said he'd get rid of it yeah, for me.
1: I mean, think about it, guys. I work for the proper channels. Why would we properly dispose of radioactive material when I give it to this guy? He's my buddy. <laughs> What's his background? I don't know. He 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 drives garbage trucks.
0: The beauty of it all is is that radium isn't even that bad. Oh. So for years, radium was used to make watches glow in the dark. When you go to oh. click your watch, that's radium. It's still used to calibrate Geiger counters, which Ford owned. It's a mild carcinogen, yeah but it's also used to treat cancer.
1: Wow, well, now I'm fucking really confused.
0: Yeah, you, buy, you have to fight cancer with cancer, How,
1: how in the fuck are they going to charge him with radioactive material charges, and yet they put this shit in watches? Come on, man. Riddle me that, bud. That makes perfect sense. Our our moral compasses are so fucking lost.
0: And the the thing is, the dude that worked for the Department of Defense is the dude with the bombs. Yeah. The dude with the blasting caps. It's straight
1: up it's straight up just entrapping this guy. Fall guy shit. I mean, they're just screwing this it's, guy. It's fucked up. And I'm not saying he's the. I have not, I don't know anything about him, so he might be a real piece of work. But dammer, I he got don't... he got shafted
0: hard. No, and he wasn't very smart. I feel like <laughs> that, is the biggest problem. That yeah, that doesn't help. Despite his pronouncement captured on tape that Gazola would glow in 24 hours and Powell would fall in 30 days, the radium would actually take nearly 20 years to kill someone if they ingested it. At which, at this point, the person would be so old, his targets, essentially, they have a greater risk at dying from cancer than from the radiation anyway. Essentially, they picked the wrong substance, says a health physicist at Brookhaven. Powell, Gazzola, and Towell were shocked to find out that they were Ford's alleged target. This is not something you'd expect to have to deal with in local elected office, especially in Suffolk County Legislature, says Towell, who holds office in Ford's district. According to a rambling manifesto Ford wrote from jail, the three officials were responsible for setting forest fires to cover up the 1995 UFO crash. They also planned to eliminate Ford so he could not reveal the truth. When defense lawyer uh, John Roche got involved with Ford's case, he figured that someone accused of something so outlandish had to have a prior record of threatening behavior. He subpoenaed. Uh, Ford's internal affairs file with the New York State Court Administration, which contained at least four complaints about uh, the Lufon-related threats. There was an investigation done over a couple years with similar incidents of huffing and puffing, says Roush. In each case, the officials found that the allegations had no merit and never disciplined Ford. So while he did spout his mouth off, it was never anything that anybody really saw any worry about. Uh, The lawyer believes that his client had been subject to selective persecution, is a victim of local politics. Republican District Attorney James Catterson is uh, supported in his November reelection bid by Powell and Republican Chairman. The DA makes it look like he saved Republican leaders' lives, says Rouse. He blew this way out of proportion. Um, both Zabo and or Mazzucchelli have pleaded guilty to lesser charges in exchange for testimony against Ford. So they both rolled on him. Mazzucchelli was sentenced in November to three to nine years for conspiracy. Zabo, the man who had the radiation and had the explosives, is free on bail until his march sentencing for weapons and explosive possession. There you if go. Ford ever goes to trial, he could face up to 75 years in prison. Meanwhile, he's periodically evaluated.
1: I mean, well, there's your uh, doing in there. Ford, who has right.
0: declined to be interviewed, but wrote letters to Steve I... Uh, I have Verone, who was the vice president, he explained how he hoped to avoid trial. If I go up to Mid Hudson Psychiatric Center for six months as in, as incompetent to stand trial, then I'll come back, and most likely, the charges will be dismissed. So far, I left the first doctor mumbling to himself with all the information that I gave him. I guess I'll have a repeat for, a repeat performance with the next doctor tomorrow. He did not have to lie or exaggerate to the doctors to be found unfit. He simply told them what he believed to be true, which seemed so fantastical that they could only label it as delusional behavior. Among Ford's beliefs, as stated in recent handwritten 102-page manifesto, my statement to the media is what he calls it. He had been a CIA, uh, he had been a CIA agent since the age of 19, leading a hidden life from his family and coworkers. He was not paid, so there is no record of him ever being... Uh, employed by the CIA. Joseph Mazzucchelli was an officer of the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence agency. Ford was recruited to observe Soviet KBG agents in Queens who tried to assassinate him five different times. He personally stopped the KGB penetration of the Reagan presidential committee. He also states that the AIDS and Ebola viruses were created by aliens to eliminate the population of sub-Saharan Africa. President Nixon, Jackie Gleason, Senator Alphonse D'Amato, And the New York government, George Pataki, among others, have all seen UFO evidence. The court says I'm not competent based on these statements, Ford wrote. Are they ravings of a madman or the writings of a perfect and masterful spy? Some of his supporters are willing to believe the latter. He seems to me to fit the profile of an agent, says Peter Moon, who publishes conspiracy books in Long Island. Um, Others, like Preston Nichols, who was brought up... A lot in the Montauk case.
1: Yeah, I knew I recognized that name.
0: Yeah, uh, thinks that spending 17 months in jail has pushed Ford over the edge. He's as loony as they come, but he's a he's a coherent loon, says Nichols. Uh, Ford knows he's not really crazy though. He's certain that in the end he'll triumph. I'll bring home bacon for everyone. He wrote to Ivorone. Then we'll rebuild uh, the Long Island UFO network and destroy the cover-up. He ended the statement with, The truth is out there. Later responding in a letter to Sauce Mere Magazine, Ford goes on to say, My case is a frame-up and a smear tactic to destroy my UFO organization and to neutralize my effectiveness. The main reason I'm sitting here is due to the fact that I had information indicating that the 1995 East End forest fires have been deliberately set to cover up the crash of a large disk near Suffolk Community College, south of Riverhead, Long Island. The county was asked to set the fires near the crash site to keep people out of the area. But dirty politics being the case, the Republican leadership, in an effort to gain control of the Pine Barrens' property, set forest fires south of Sunrise Highway and populated areas near the coveted land. I was able to document some of this, while doing so, I was targeted for elimination by the politicians. I had several attempts on my life fail, due to the inversion of Israeli intelligence, which protected me for some three and a half months. Yes, it's true what I said— there's a heavy intelligence presence involved in my case. The man to talk to you all about it is Pres or is Preston Nichols. He can give you a briefing on various aspects of the case. Preston, also a LIFO on member, or a Lie UFO on member, is the same Preston Nichols of the Montauk or Project Montauk Project fame. So what really happened? Was Ford getting too close to something he shouldn't have, or was he just a delusional guy?
1: Well, I mean So, I feel weird. Like, I feel like it's two massive extremes to be trying to create a UFO network and at the same time trying to blow people up.
0: Yeah, I...
1: it, It doesn't seem... To me, it personally doesn't feel like it should go hand in hand.
0: No, I mean, in... I don't know man. I feel like if they wanted to frame this guy as being a loony bin, they picked they they essentially picked the UFO guy. Yeah. And then weaved this tale that he was this this fanatic that was out to eliminate political opposition or
1: yeah. Well, and the other thing too that will piss you off and and you see it happen. You know it happens. Like when it comes to his charges They, it's almost like how somebody that you know would stretch the truth. That's how they assign the charges. They're like, oh, well, he's got radium, which is considered, it can't, it's kind of a radioactive material. So we're going to charge him with being in possession of actual radioactive material. Yeah. That is more so intended for when it comes to building nukes. But hey, we can, we can stick him with this. So we're going to stick him with this. Yeah. Like they just fucking manipulate
0: make it sound the absolute worst
1: yes exactly and it's like well actually this radium stuff is not that bad and if you have a watch that glows in the dark you have radium so i guess we should put everyone in prison yeah and it's ridiculous the
0: fact they're they're like yeah it's i mean it, it could kill someone if you get them to ingest it over 20 years
1: well so so couldn't lead paint yeah and people still use that.
0: And probably fucking monsters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of shit on the market that could do the same thing if you ate it. Look at fucking batteries. You're not supposed to eat batteries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you do, they'll kill you. That's eventually. what I'm saying.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: So that brings us to the question, what really happened that November night? Did the government Dude recover? Dude cover got framed. Did the government recover a crashed UFO? Did Brookhaven Labs shoot it down? Another narrative was that a helicopter carrying secret tech or radioactive material had crashed in the area, prompting them to shut it down, which in turn kind of spun this, this web between the UFO world that something even more nefarious was going on there. Yeah. We will never know. What we do know is is that if a helicopter or a plane did crash there, it was never reported, and there are no reports on the books that anything ever crashed at or at uh, South Haven that night.
1: I mean, I could get behind with the helicopter theory.
0: Yeah, which makes sense, considering there's a lab there and everything else. Right,
1: And, and to be fair, to be fair, and this is taking a shot at myself as much as it would be anybody else, but the UFO world likes to fucking really jump on things sometimes.
0: Yeah, especially especially something like that where the implications kind of tie into what is going on. You have the, the unmarked helicopters yes, flying around, you have 100%. the, the roadblocks flying around. Like it's, it's, it's just kind of paints that picture. Oh yeah.
1: And for people in those worlds, like all the boxes are checked. The energy's high.
0: And like Ford was all about it. Ford, Ford had an e, another sighting in the same bay that TWA Flight 800 was, went down in. Yeah. He states that the government shot down a another ship right in the same bay, which was years before TWA flight went down. But he also states that, that the government officials there in Long Island recovered 17 bodies from that time they shot down. Damn.
1: Well, you figure sooner or later, somebody's going to be pissed about... Yeah shooting these ufos you delve
0: into this shit right and you hear more and more people talk about the government shooting down ufos government shooting yeah and then
1: russia just did it not the other just the other day yeah
0: and they got hit with a meteor yesterday before
1: oh well it serves them right did you see that No, it (laughs) it
0: fucking blew up over siberia (laughs) no i don't know if it caused any damage or anything that's probably probably, a warning shot that's what i said i'm like this is what you get when you shoot down fucking ufos hey
1: I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what happens.
0: How how weird is it, though, going on that note, that in the bay where Ford says that we shot down a UFO, a passenger plane mysteriously explodes. That is weird.
1: (laughs) That is weird. There's a little get back there.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we don't really know what happens and we probably never will. As of 2019, which is the latest that I could find, John Ford is still waiting for his eventual release after being found unfit to stand trial on multiple occasions he's still waiting. How many years later 30 years later still waiting that doesn't make sense He another f- fun fact is that they he'd also conspired to put this radium in their toothpaste tubes so when they brush their teeth with it they'll not die
1: Their teeth will glow in the dark
0: yeah and they can read their watches with their teeth cool. So, I mean,
1: it feels like it feels like uh, with that in with knowing that that almost feels fucking personal. Like the fact that they have ruled he's unfit for trial and they're just they just lock him the fuck away.
0: Yeah, he's just he's just just sitting there personal
1: or they have just utterly forgotten and not give a shit.
0: Yeah. Uh, sources I have here. Like I said, I read a bunch from these sources. Uh, journalnews.com, ufoinsight.com, the Washington Post was the one where I got the actual uh, transcript of uh, the wiretap, Uh, sacredtext.com, symmetrymagazinetop.org had a lot of information about the Brookhaven lab and the UFO casebook about the South Haven UFO uh, incident. That's awesome. Um, That being said, I'm going to end on this note, which will tie into the next note. So, as Ford mentioned uh, before, Steve Ivarone, who was the vice president of the Long Island UFO Network, stated that not long after this all went down, he was also being followed, surveilled. His home was being broken into, and he was being harassed. Keep this note so much so that strange computer-like voices were leaving messages on his answering machine. This will tie in to next week's episode and how the South Haven Park UFO cover-up ties a man named Gary Sudbrink into all of this weirdness. So you're going to have to turn in next week for part two, which is a whole nother can of worms. Completely.
1: Good. I'm into it.
0: Hell yeah. So that's it. Check us out next week. Hollow cult, same hollow cult time, same hollow cult channel. Go check us out at the socials, hang out with us Wednesdays on the night shift. And until next time, stay safe, stay weird. And in the words of our old friend, John Ford, the truth is out there.